Did I ever, I told you my ghost story, like my encounter with a ghost. Was it like the Afatsi like? Uh, no, when I was driving up to my school, I think I told you. Oh, yeah, that you saw somebody. And when you tell it to your friends, they were like, what are you talking about? Like, what? And then that. Yeah. Yeah, it was something that that guy was dead like years ago, you know? And I, and, uh, and that you look back, it's like he's no longer there. Yeah, I was driving on this giant ass road and I saw this guy just clear as day and he was walking away from the car and uh, it was a snowstorm and I was just like, what the fuck is that guy doing here? I have to offer him a ride. So I'm getting closer to him and I look down to fix the heating in my car and I look back up and he's no longer there. So I, I thought he had fallen down because he was walking on the slope right. and I just, I jumped out of my car to like check out if he was okay but like i had been on that road alone for like half an hour and then when i looked there wasn't like no footprints or anything and i was just like wow i really am just alone here aren't i is <laughs> have you ever encountered it again yeah well my friend actually so like a year later almost a year to the day it was a year and two days later i know this because i got a memory on snapchat mm. and i was just like oh this this is taken like two days after i saw that ghost and a friend of mine calls and he's just like remember that ghost story you told me last year and i was just like yeah about the guy on the road and he was he said yeah and i said yeah i remember it why are you asking he and he asked me what where were you like where were you driving and i said um, I don't know my exact location because I had to take this like off-route thing. But my next stop should have been Stalarskole, which is this place in Iceland. Yeah. And he's, he goes, okay, so next stop will be Stalarskole. You said that? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, because that's my next stop. And I just saw someone on the road. No. True story. And that was a year later. Uh, that's a year later after you encountered it. And then he just recently tells you like, yeah. Yeah, a year and a year and two days. Bro, shit. Like that's and wow. I, I have another great uh, story for it. This happened to me and my brother, and oh. this is something straight out of a horror film. Like this oh, could be a horror no. scene. All right. Okay. Let's lay it out. Okay, so I work at the post office and I drive like packages and mail uh, during like the latter part of the day, like from five to eight or five to nine, depending on how much is going on. And uh, when I have to deliver like big packages at the end of the shift i always i save them for the latter part because sometimes if there's way much like if it's a crazy shift i wait until i have to put them in the car later on so i usually take my brother with me just so he can help me lift this shit up um and we were driving and there was this two there was this two packages and in, into the same apartment complex but for two people mm. So I didn't know which of them to start with because they were on like separate levels and it was so badly marked. I didn't really think which one to go first to. So I was just like, oh, let's just pick uh, this guy here. Let's just uh, say his name was uh, like Lee. Just go with yeah. whatever. It was like Lee. And then the other package was for a woman named Ro Rosa. Let's just say Lee and Rosa, whatever. Mm. So I, I ring... No, wait, I'm screwing this up. I rang the bell to the woman's apartment. Okay. Like Rosa's Rosa. apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And we're buzzed in like almost immediately. Like just like, okay. And then I realized I hadn't checked out where they were exactly in the apartment complex. So I just kind of looked and I was like, okay, she's either at the third floor to the right or the second floor to the right because it was really weirdly ordered. 
Okay. I was just like, ah, fuck it. We'll just go to Lee's first because we're already inside the building. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, he's definitely in the middle somewhere. So, so we went to the second floor to the middle and we knocked and he came to the door and like, and I was just like, Hey, do you know where uh, Rosa lives? And he's just like, no, I don't, I don't know if a Rosa in this apartment. I was just like, oh, that's a nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> And so I was just like, oh, okay, she's definitely either to this door here to the right or the or the door to the right on the next floor. So we knocked and I knocked and then I rang a bell, no one. And I was just like, okay, so she's definitely on the third floor, right? right. Like Occam's razor tells me everything here. So my brother and I go to the third floor and I knock and I knock and I knock and I knock and I, knock and I rang a bell and... The story kind of switches perspectives here because it's so much better from the perspective of my brother who's with me yeah. because he sees me like looking at this package and then he, he sees me do this. And so I turn to him and I say, because my brother's name is John, mm. I turn to him and said, uh, hey, uh, John, if she's not at home, who buzzed us in? Oh, because I rang her bell first uh, oh. from outside the from outside the building. Oh, and as soon as those words leave my mouth, the power in the building goes off. <laughs> Can't make this shit up. Oh, hell no. Just because my brother, he, he because I was just trying to figure this shit out, and he, he just sees me go like this. Uh, John, your brother's like, yeah. Ali? If she's not at home, who bust us in? Oh, no. That, that that's a true story, and I don't think I've ever ran as fast as I <laughs> ran out that door. Hey, hey, hey! At that point, I'll just let go of the package and I'm out. No, sir. No, you're on. You're on that point. <laughs> Holy Santa Claus shit, bro! Yeah, like I said, it's something straight out of a fucking horror movie. Golly, bro. Like, it has a twist and everything. It's just... Yeah, bro, you can't make this shit up, bro. That's why usually when I tell people this story, I have my brother with me for him to tell the latter part because that's from his perspective. Oh, yeah, bro. It was, it was amazing. Oh, my God, bro. And do you actually get encountered like this often or it is just like... Nah, th- those are my only two. Like, I've only seen the one ghost. But this one, you gotta admit like, yeah, no, there's something behind all this shit. Yeah. And there's also this one house that uh, here in Westman Island that a lovely, lovely woman lives there. But I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, brother, but Every time I have to take a package to that house mm. and it on a, a dark night or a dark stormy night or something, I don't know what it is, but that house feels evil. <laughs> my, my grandmother was, uh, she believed in ghosts and she actually uh, told me uh, that she had seen a ghost or two in her time. And I believe her when she says this because my grandmother wouldn't lie to me. And, uh, the thing about she says like she could feel if a house was good or not. And sometimes I felt like I could feel that too. So I think I kind of got that from her. Like, even though I was a skeptic at a time, I could always like, I would never ignore if I felt something wrong with the house. But like I said, that house here in AR, a lovely woman lives there. I've met her. She's, she's great, great woman, but right. there's something awful about that house. Every time I go near it, I, I can just, my heart, my chest just starts pounding i'm just like just 
there's something off. It just doesn't feel right. It's that, you know, sense that you get that, you know, when you feel like something ain't right about something and then you just like, boom, it just kicks yeah. in. Yeah. Like I said, the, the woman who lives there is lovely. She's nothing wrong with her, but just the house itself feels like mm, evil. No, I, I will suggest you not to deliver that anymore. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I took a friend of mine once uh, on one of my uh, shifts just to show her like what my job is, how how it, everything is, and she's kind of sensitive to the stuff. Like she's seen ghosts and everything. Like so, like she told me about this one ghost she saw when she was a kid. I want to write that thing into a scene. It's terrifying. Oh. But when, uh, for some strange coincidence, when I take her on my shift, I actually have to deliver a package to that very house. And I hadn't told her about that house. And so I drive and I go up to the house and she goes, there's something evil about this house. And I'm just. And you haven't said shit. I hadn't told her. Fuck. No. Like she felt it too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, like stop the- delivering that house. You don't need to deliver <clears throat> anymore. It only takes one more package, that one package say in which the lady tells say, would you come in, please? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's the nice ones that, that are the evil ones. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this too many times in many shows and many movies. All nice looking lady, very humble, very sensitive. I need your help. I can't do this by myself. All right, let me come in. <laughs> Well, the nice thing is we actually have a system with that house in agreements with her. Like this one time she wasn't at home. So I had to call her to check, to check up on her. And she said, just like, no, if I'm not home, just uh, because I have to go to get to the main door, I have to go to through this like small little corridor. So no one's going to be there. And the house is just like way outside of the Island. So. Bro, seriously. Yeah. It just keeps getting better and better. Doesn't it? But. Uh, the thing is, if she's not at home, I can just leave the package there. So I, I, I never actually have to knock there anymore. <laughs> I just, I just go up there like. <laughs> oh my god, bro! This, bro, you can make a movie out of this. You can't make this shit up. Nah, it's great. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I, so I, I love being scared. I don't know why. Maybe, I, maybe I hate myself. It's just. You and me both, bro. Like, I hate being scared, too. I don't know why I, I love watching horror games or watching horror movies. And I just... And I tell you, I, I was never like that when I was a young kid. I was never like Not that. I was, I was... I was... Nah, I was more comedy and shit. You know, like, action, adventure, sure. You know what? Now, horror is like, no. Now, I'm just like, hey, I'll watch it, you know? And then I'm just like, why did I watch this? Why the fuck did I watch this, bro? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. There's this thing. I was going to add something here. Mm. Yeah. Back in my dorms where I went to school, where I recently graduated from, uh, one time there was this... By the way, congratulations on that, bro. Thank you. During that... Okay, so I saw that ghost and then I barely made it back up north because of the snowstorm. It was just maddening. It was the worst Mm. snowstorm in probably years. And we were were at the dorms and uh, this was the same time. This is a... the Snapchat memory I got because this was the day the power went out for 14 hours. Oh. And we were snowed in. We were stuck in the dorms, no power, and it started getting dark around 8 o'clock and the power didn't come back until like 4.30 in the morning. Nope, 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 nope. 
No. So what else do you do with your friend? You you walk around with a flashlight. <laughs> nope. I will stay in my room. Thank you very much and play Yu-Gi-Oh. That's it. Yeah. Nope. Walk it, it walk, just... walk around the fucking building with a flashlight in the dark. Well, I mean, someone had told us that this place was haunted, so we kind of wanted to. I don't know. But I, I think I had like one small little ghost encounter in that place, but not at that time because my dorm room was at the very end of the hall. Well, it kind of separated into two things because at the at the end of the hall, there's another door in the middle. I was on the door to the left, the only door there. Mm. Uh, but there's, there's this door right at the end and you have to open it up to get to uh, the small little uh, lounge, which also leads to the staircase that can take you between floors. Right. But uh, that door, like you cannot uh, close it so, like slowly. It 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 always just like so. You always know when someone goes through it. Mm. And thing is, since I was at the end of the hall and it had this like weird echo, so off oftentimes during the night at the dorm room when you know everyone's asleep. But I'm a night owl, so I would just be typing at my keyboard and I would yeah. I would start to hear footsteps outside outside my dorm, outside my door. And someone had to be walking like you would like clearly. And then I would hear hear the footsteps fade away, but in the direction from the door. Like so someone would have had to come through that fucking door. <laughs> But like I said, you can't close that door without it making a fucking noise. So where the fuck are those footsteps coming from? Nope, 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 no. You, 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 yeah, you a mad lad. You're a mad lad, man. Oh, no, 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 no. The closest thing I can give you as a, uh, as a ghost story, my college, where I used to go in Puerto Rico, Surprisingly, it used to be an old asylum. An old asylum with nuns and shit and whatnot. So there's this basement, which I don't know why they never close it. They they there's this basement that that's full of rooms. And obviously the rooms are in our classrooms. I don't know why, but one day I say, hey, let's just go to the basement. Nobody uses there like all the classes usually are in the morning so all right as we were walking down the basement it's all dark there's no switch lights or anything nothing so it's all okay let's just use our our cell phones that's our light so we went to one of the rooms there's no switch in the rooms so it's all sensor based so as soon as we walked in into our room, uh, the lights went on. I was like, all right, cool. Bet. Let's set up here. There's nobody here. Mind you, there's like this whole basement has like at least three or four rooms. So there was one room across us and like two more at the end of the hall. And we were the only ones. And and we were the only ones because, yeah, we found we found about it. And our door, we left it open because it was kind of it was kind of. It was kind of hot, so we left it open, and we can actually see the the stairs to to go up. And at the bottom of the stairs, there's this like gate. Like I kid you not, remember what I said? There's no switch on the rooms, on the classrooms. It's all motion sensor. So we were doing minding our business, you know, writing down, and we started to notice that the hallway it started to light up. So it's like, oh, 
but someone's in the in the classroom. So when I took a peek out of it, the classroom that was like in front of us or like diagonally corner, it was on. And then I from the peak of the door, it's like I didn't see anybody. There was literally nobody there. I was like, hello, anybody there? And then all of a sudden, the two classes, the two classes at the end of the hall started to light up as well. That's great, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said to myself, I was like, all right, guys, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Um, all the classrooms are have the lights on. I'm going to take my book bag and my computer. And I'm going to go outside and continue on with the studies. And they were like, what? Why? Guy, dude, what's, what's wrong? It's like, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen so many horror movies and I don't want to be that guy that gets to get killed first. Like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, oh, what are you talking about? It's like, have you guys heard of the nun story? That a nun hang herself in this university when it was in an asylum? You guys never heard about that story? Oh, yeah, but that's a myth. That's an urban legend, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know what? It might be an urban legend. I ain't taking my chances. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. I just saw three fucking classrooms. Lights turn on automatically and there's nobody in there. I said hello like three fucking times. Nobody answered. I ain't taking my chances. And it's like, oh, don't worry. Like, bro, I'm going to I'm going to show I'm going to check you, bro. Let's say so one of them actually came check on the classrooms. Nobody wasn't the one that I already said. And he went down the hall. He he peeked him. He peeked around. There's nobody there. So why is the so he's like, oh nobody. All the classrooms lights started to turn off. So he's like, nope, that's it. I'm gone. I'm out. I just watched straight up from the basement and went up. And it's like, I ain't not going in there anymore. You guys are on your own. Sorry, guys. And I walked out. That was probably the near the near scary experience I ever had in my life, bro. Maybe there was a ghost. Maybe there isn't. But I I have heard theories from um what's that what's the other term of ghost? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. There was another there's another word. Uh ectoplasmum. Ah. You know, like they it's it's not that you don't see it, but you can feel when there's like a, a presence well known in the area. And the motions and you have to you have to see it through a thermal imagery imagery so i so i believe like okay if ghosts are in that type of shape and again the only way for these lights to turn on is by sensor so somebody had to be in those classrooms inside and walk in and turn it on you can't it doesn't turn on if you're walking in the in the hallway because we were there for a couple of minutes and we're like picking which one would you want to choose we choose the first one and then it takes like five seconds to turn on. So why the hell did all these classrooms, when there was nobody there, turn on the lights because of it? Yeah, it's funny you should mention the whole like motion sensor thing because that's a detail I left out of my dorm experience because oh I don't know I just completely blocked it. But so at the at the hallway where I was at, there were two uh, motion sensors, and one is at the very be- very beginning of the uh, from the turn of the hallway and the other one is right next to my door and when i was at my keyboard i would notice the lights on the hallway because like you have this small little window under your door like where you can see like so i would know if there's if the lights are on and off on the hallway and i would just notice they would keep going 
off and on at really irregular times. And that was always when I was hearing the footsteps. So I was just like, wait, so wait, who's walking past my door at this hour? And like I said, they would have to walk past them. Right. And like regarding the door, the footsteps would always fade away at the start there. And sometimes they would start at the opposite. Sometimes I would start to hear them coming from where the door was supposed to be and past my room. And then I would notice the lights flicker on. They would like flicker on like this when you walk past them. So, so at some point I actually did like leap from my chair and open my door and check if there was someone on the hallway and there would never be anyone. And I was just like, am I hearing things? Oh. And then I, and then logically I would think no, because the lights went on and they wouldn't go on if I just left my head out the window, yeah. no, let out the door because I would have to walk past. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, what is this? But like, I wasn't scared of that because at the, like, it's just footsteps, but, uh, I, but it, it was just kind of, it, it's that weird feeling like you're not scared, but you're not exactly not scared. You know you're, what I mean? You're not thrilled about the situation. You're like, don't worry, I got this. But then again, I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. You're just, you, it's just because you, I think it's because you don't know what's truly happening and that all the questions are in your head. And that creates this kind of like, should I be scared kind of situation? Like you let your imagination run wild in your head. And, you know, you think of all the possible things that would you try to think logically. And then when logic kicks out of the window, then you start to imagine all the wildest things that could be true. <clears> and you like, and you stick by it. And then, and then you're like, okay, should I be afraid or should I not? Should I investigate or like you're in this limbo space in which what's going to happen because you don't know what's going to happen. And you're just assuming you're just, you're again, your imagination is running well. And I have a, I have another story for you and it's not mine. It's a a story of a friend of mine. Oh boy. This one, Raphael is the scariest story I know. It's, this is terrifying because, uh, because of the implications of this story, if it was a ghost, I don't know if it's scarier if this was a ghost or not, but you will have to decide after this story is done. All right, go. So I have this friend and he like, when he was younger, like all of us, he liked to roam around in abandoned apartments or, mm. or apartment blocks or something, but because sometimes there would be like here in AR when a house was up for sale or for uh, like reevaluation or some shit or re a reinvestment or something, they would just be abandoned. No one would live in them. So they would just be empty. And a friend of mine, uh, he liked to walk around these houses at night just to like, I don't know, maybe it was a bravery test. I don't know what it was, but okay. To get inside this specific house, uh, all the doors were locked and shut, but there was this one door to the basement and to get into the house, there was a small little window and he's a big guy. So he would actually have to like pull oh, himself up and yeah. like feet first and then just swivel into this thing. So it was hard to get inside, which means it's going to be hard as fuck to get back outside, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's on three stories. It's the basement. There's the, there's the second floor or well, technically first, the first floor. floor. Okay. There's the first, first yeah. floor and then second. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a basement, a first floor and a second floor, whatever. And he's on the first floor, I think. And he, he starts to hear like this, like rattling. And he's just like, that's kind of weird. Mm. Uh, but he continues because, because it's an old abandoned 
house and there's a lot of stray cats in ice uh in AR and like mice or whatever. So he just like, oh, rodents. Like who wouldn't think that at this point? Yeah. So he's on the second floor. And he notices when he's on the second floor that there's actually uh an attic. And he's just like, hmm. And there's a staircase to the attic, but he doesn't think about it too much. But he's still on the second floor and he starts to hear rattling coming from the ceiling uh, the the attic and he's just like okay this is getting kind of weird and because uh, the brave man that he is he goes towards the stairs to the attic and he don't worry he doesn't go up to the attic he's a big he's a tall guy so he just kind of just like goes up goes towards the stairs and just kind of looks around with his head and he sees nothing and he's just like wait there's no rodents there's no cats and there's just a lot of boxes here, so it's just like, yeah, I think it's time to go. So he's going, so he's going down the stairs from the second floor. He's yeah. almost at the first floor, and then he hears something is running towards him from the attic. Yeah, he hears like, like at full speed, something is sprinting towards him. So. He actually, he runs and he lunges himself and breaks through the front door. And he, he didn't even look back. He just ran like all hell. Oh. Like how fucking scary is that? Oh, hell no. Because like, was that a ghost? Was that, or was that a person running at him? Like the fear of the unknown, bro. Because you don't know what it is. You don't, you don't know what, yo. No. Like I said, this is the scariest thing I've ever heard. Because I don't know if if that would have been me, I don't know if I would have even like I I think I would have just died. I probably would have just passed out. Oh, bro, I would freak out. Like I don't even know what to. I'll be stupid enough to go back to the basement and try to get out for the from the window. I'll yeah. be that dumb because like, well, front door is locked. I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not physically strong enough to you know bust in like james bond shit you know yeah his his just adrenaline and survival instinct kick it because he just ran and just lunged through the front door and i was just like man i would have been because when he told me this i was just like i would have been dumb enough to look back (laughs) i'll be dumb enough to look back too absolutely bro i'll be i'll be like what the fuck like like (laughs) And maybe, I don't know, maybe at that point, I would not think enough. Because I guess I said, I'll go back to the basement. But then again, where was the basement again? And if you're in that panic stage and you don't know mm. where to go, this is just a random house. And what the fuck is going on? Yeah, no, I'll be I'll be freaked out. You don't know. But I, I really just I want to put that in a script sometime because I know exactly what I'm going to do with the scene. This is this is more of a what do you you think this is like more of a horror, a horror film or a TV show? I would probably just put it mm, I like I said I I just have the the scene in my head but I would probably like if I had to put it somewhere maybe I'll sneak it into my show but <laughs> that'll be that'll be dope. I mean if anybody can do sneaky things it'll be you. You'll be throwing some yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh reference here and there in the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if if like let's say if I'm lucky enough to act in the show, I I, I have this. Yeah, I want to switch topics now to more Yu-Gi-Oh reference now because I'm a little bit spooked up with everything that we've talked about now. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bit I'm I'm a bit a little like uh. 
All right, let's just talk something funny and happy and enjoyable, you know, because, you know, like, I don't know how I'm going to go on with my life after this. I was actually going to tell you because today, so my story for for today, for me, the reason why I actually ended up a little bit late for, for our thing, well, not late, but I managed to get on time to do our thing was because uh, I was actually back to my first Yu-Gi-Oh! Loco shop in a long, really? in a long, I mean, before the pandemic, I will, I usually go like every weekend. Then when the pandemic hits, like all the, all my local sharps, like, you know, closed down and nobody, they weren't doing any tournaments or anything like that. They weren't learning anybody in. There was only come here, buy and leave. And that's it. Only a few people are allowed. So this and then this new shop opened up and nothing but great people in there. You know, there was like a lot of positive energy through between the players and the and the vendors. And it was my first time coming in to to play since the pandemic. So what you play? I play Invoke Shadows. Ah, lovely. Yeah, I actually wanted to play uh, Invoke Shadow Dogma, mm-hmm. but. I didn't have the Nadir servants. Ah. And I I ordered the Nadir servants on time to make it like, all right, come in here at time. Two of the Nadir servants didn't came yesterday. So now they're coming tomorrow. I'm like, damn it. I and I thought because it was East Coast when I where I order it, it was gonna come here sooner. But then yeah, and it never showed up. And then the the other Nadir servant guy hasn't shipped it yet. So I was like, seriously, dude? Like, and I e- I email him and say like, hey, when are you planning to ship it? You know, like, can you send me the track? He hasn't shipped it yet. So I was like, golly, dude, just like, if not, just let me know if you're if you're not gonna give it to me because I could just like ask for a refund and I'll buy it. I bought the car somewhere else. But I fought the other two because at least I'll I'll manage to play with the two. I'll figure out a way. I thought they were gonna come here sooner, but no. So I stick. I so I removed <clears> the dogma <throat> package and went straight to invoke shadows. And you know what? It's a good thing I did because yeah. wow, it's wow how now the meta is gonna shift. My first round was believe it or not, Ignisters. Really, I love that deck, bro. The new support for Ignisters, holy crap! It's awesome. Ignister is going to be a, a meta deck. It's going to be a tier one deck. Guarantee. Because I was just struggling. I was struggling the whole time. The first first turn, the guy managed to get a rival out with 4K yeah. body. Yeah, and it's unaffected. I thought I could just super poly him because super poly is not targeted. It's just... I can just sweep in. No, the, the ruling on the field is like, no, like, it's like Ultimate Falcon. It's unaffected by cards. Like, you can only either run him over or Kaiju, and that's it. Yeah. So I was just like, damn, bro. I thought I lost. I thought I lost that, that round, but I managed to win Win because of Winda. Winda's the OG. She, she, she clutched. Round two was... um. I, I remember I, I dinos. I lost against dinos. I didn't lose badly at dinos. I had him. I based because I had every answer for him on dinos. But the problem was, you know, because uh the problem to invoke shadows is that because it's a control deck, usually you don't have you don't draw cards enough to have monsters on the field to 
OTK on the next turn, you know? Mm. Usually at, at that to- at that point, I only have two or three cards, Winda and Mekaba or Winda and Rajin, and just, you know, try to run over with it. And by the time it was end of my turn, he draw the card that needs to, you know, come back again and just run me over. I'm just like, damn, that sucks. Last, the third one was Dragoon Beatdown. Somebody was just crazy enough to just run free copies of Poly, free copies of Red Eyes Fusion, free co- copies of Super Poly, and just have like lots of lots of hand just and just play down Dragoon Beatdown. I love it. <laughs> That's just degenerate, bro. That's like, like I I thought this shit was, I and I and the guy was inexperienced. I can tell that he was inexperienced. Yet. He found ways to outrun me and how to clear out my board. I was like, what is going on here? He had response for droplets, for ashes, for everything. Super Polly's like, you name it. He had the response for everything. I'm like, what in the sand crap is going on? And lastly, I lost to my Dolce's. Mm. Yeah, you, yeah, they're kind of hard to counter. You never know what, what the fuck you're supposed to <laughs> counter. I thought like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this guy. I got Nibiru. That's the only way to to finish him off. I got Nibiru. Guy had freaking Herald of the Orange Light with a Neva and just like <laughs> negates me. Like, what? I don't know. Moldoche? What? What are the odds? And oh, by the way, I started first on, on the first two, two games and I ended him with fucking... Winda and a Rajin out or Winda and a Mekaba. So I was like, bro, you can't special summon. If you have my dosage, that you're done. Yeah. This guy kaijus me. Have you noticed that when you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh, like you you yourself never seem to draw to uh draw your hand traps or disruptions, but your opponent always has them? All the time. It's so weird. It's the weirdest <clears throat> shit ever because it happened to me today that when I really wanted the hand traps. No, when I really needed the monsters, oh, I my handful of hand traps, and yeah, it's like it's, one turn I have free ash blossoms. In one game, <sighs> I have free ash blossoms, and the guy funny. barely did any effects that uh, enabled me to negate him. So it yeah, was that's that's why uh, in my hero deck, I uh, I actually only run uh, the one hand trap. Well, I run three of it, but I only have the one hand trap. The rest of it goes into the side deck, so I know what I'm going mm. to side out because uh, my hero deck is designed that I... It can go first or second, but I only run the three impermanents because mm. it's designed in a way that I know exactly what to swap out given when I know what I'm dealing with if I if I went first or second. But I want the deck to be as consistent as it possibly can be during that first game. So that's why I only run the three impermanents because I always want to see other cards in my opening hand. And and mm-hmm. well, the hero deck is just designed in in a particular way that I designed it. Like my friend actually has this incredible deck that he made, and it has a lot of different shit in it. But it's weirdly consistent. He once went with the uh, uh with uh, Mechaba and uh, and Winda and all, you know the the classic yeah and based on my hand I only had the one impermanence and I already I did not use it on the Winda I used it on the Mechaba what uh, and then I flipped over polymerization I summoned Trinity and I discarded Honest Neos it was game over oh oh 
and he was he he had the same response. He was just like, "Wait, why are you negating the Mechaba, not the window?" And then I I just told him because I only need the one special summon and flip the polymerization. <laughs> That's wild, bro. Like I yo today, if anything is like, I should go back to to my machine monsters. I. <laughs> And the and the funny thing is that you say about your heroes is like you, you don't really need that many hand traps. You just need the free and sigh everything else if you need to. Dry trons are the same. You don't put yeah. you don't put you know hand traps on Dracha. Like if you watch every list, if you watch mine, all my big hand traps like Lancia, Droll, Ash, like Harpies or you know Nibiru's or or Dark Ruler No More's or Droplets, they're all in the side deck. Everything else is just extenders, extenders, and and free bodies, you know? Yeah. That's it, how Dry Charm <clears throat> works. It's just a combo deck that, you know, you can play through and you just keep keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming, you know? Yeah. It doesn't need hand traps because you got that one monster that's a floodgate. Yeah. And also, I just, uh, the reason I do play the play heroes and, uh, well, my hero deck list is unlike any other hero deck list. I know this for a fact because mm. I, I spent six months crafting it, but like, and I'm really proud of it because it bounces back really well. And like I said, he had, he had all those things in front of me and I was just like, no, I know exactly what to do here. And I've shown people the list and there was just like, why are you running three of him? Usually people only run two or one. I was just like, uh, because I know I kind of want to see it because it's Vion. I run three Vion. And there was just like, why are you running three instead of two or one. Don't you want to summon him from the deck? And I was just like, well, I kind of like having the option of maybe if I see it in my hand and I have Ferris and I get ashed when I try to summon him from the deck, then I can just normal summon him and do the exact same thing. Mm. And I also, I run three polymerization instead of two. Like some people only run two or one polymerization because games are so fast now. But I run the three because I always want to see at least one in my hand because Let's say if I ran only two or one, maybe I wouldn't have been able to beat my friend when because I drew that polymerization in my opening hand because yeah. I have three of them. Yeah, sometimes it's like it's always good to maximize your amount of cards that you really want to see. Then, like you don't want to risk the chances. Like just even though many people play one, what if if this and that? You know, then <laughs> you know you you basically set and pass you know you you, you want to avoid that so you always want to be backed up all the time by just maximizing everything making sure yeah, like it's just like yeah my my friend had this brilliant uh rule he said regarding ratios he said uh three if you want to see it two if you want to draw it one if you want to search it three if you want to see it two if you want to draw no two if you want to draw it draw it and one if you want to search it yeah interesting I never thought, wow, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that, that came directly from him. We were discussing our ratios and I was just like, because his deck is like wild when it comes to ratios. And I was just like, can you justify any of this? And he was just like, three if you want to see it, two if you want to draw it, one if you want to search it. And I was just like, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish that some of, some of my, ah, damn, now I got to look at it on every other deck that I have. It's like, how much do I really want to see this card? Yeah. And I was just like, I thought about the whole two if you want to draw it. And I was just like, what does he mean by that? And then you look at his deck and he just like, he's running like Magician Souls and he, all these kind of draw mm. spells. And I was just like, yeah, his deck mm. is drawing kind of much, isn't it? So that's why he's only running two of certain cards because he's trying to like, he's actually like digging towards them and, and keeping other cards at one so he can specifically search them out to, right. to make the 
the percentage is higher of drawing the actual other cards instead of having them all at three. And I was just like, this is this is some next level thinking. Yeah, I, I, I just go by what other people tells me is like, hey, this is good, this is bad. You know, it's like, all right, cool. And then I look at my cards, it's like, I like to see this more. I like to see this less and just go buy it. I, I didn't even <clears throat> fought. I didn't even put any thought process of that of that level. Now, now I'm gonna look at every other deck that I have. It's like, all right, uh, let's see how this shit works. You know? Yeah, just like three if you want to see it, two if you want to draw it, one if you want to search it. It's words of advice, bro. Words of advice. Yeah. That's and uh, I actually last weekend I actually went to the card shop. Oh really? I played my first like in real life Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh. For. Uh, for a hot minute, I have not played Yu-Gi-Oh face to face with a person so long. Even though some of my friends here play Yu-Gi-Oh, it's just like I've really kind of fallen out of it. I still watch the content and I still watch Zemo. I watched uh, your episode where Zemo was a guest. Ah, uh, thank you. Heartbroken that I wasn't mentioned. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I. I'm I'm gonna revisit that one. <laughs> uh well, may, maybe I missed the part, but. Nah, I'm but I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned like, oh yeah, through a mutual friend. Yeah. You are the mutual friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I uh, played, there was this guy who had an ABZ deck, which I found interesting. Um, I beat him two, two to one. The reason it bugged me is because it didn't feel like a back and forth because it totally depended on who went first because I, I went mm. first and uh, I my board was like, what, Absolute Zero, Dark Law, and Mass Changed face down. So what? yeah, he had nothing to counter that. What? And uh, then we go into game two. He starts. He does all the, the crazy stuff. flight case, the yeah. disruptions. And I was just like, I try to play through it, but I can't because he has Mascarena and does all the link shenanigans during my turn. It's just like, excuse me, sir. What are you doing in my main phase? <laughs> <laughs> Did he pull the underworld goddess on you? Well, Appaloosa, yeah. Oh, he did a Palooza. No, there's this card that's called Underworld Goddess of the of the Underworld. Yeah, yeah the link, the link five. Yes, they yeah. the ruling stands that if you have IP Mascarena, you link her off, you can take a monster from your opponent's side of the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so that ruling stands that he he can steal one of your monsters and use it as a as a summoning with your monster. If you have enough for the for the conditions to meet. Then yeah, they can t steal it from you. Yep. No. <laughs> yeah. And well, uh, what else have uh, you played? Uh, I've just really gotten into Card Fight Vanguard. It's so fun. You know, I just recently started it through through the app, and then I just yeah. got involved in by buying like a couple of cards, man. Yeah. Uh, I what I I really l love playing Vanguard, especially with my friends, because some of the matches can get really exciting and mm. like. Uh, sometimes we'll we'll just be laughing our asses off during a match, and I miss that whole fun aspect of it. I don't really get that from Yu-Gi-Oh unless I'm playing goat format with my friends because of the weird mm. plays you make. And the thing about like Vanguard is you like 100% get your turn. The only thing your opponent can do is like guard. Yeah, and sometimes that sometimes that doesn't even work out for them. Uh, and I like the element of surprise for the trigger elements. And I, I love this shit because it keeps you on your toes and you have to start thinking like really like, okay, wait, if I guard here, make him one to pass. If he hits a trigger, that one gets through, but I'll have to put the power here. So this one won't go through. But if I say yeah. no guard and he hits a critical, 
oh, deal me two damage, and this one will be harder to guard. So you really have to, and then maybe he hits a, like, so, and then you go for a two to pass, and he hits two triggers, and you're just like, oh my god, this changes everything. And, like, and then you just, like, try to hope that you draw the health trigger, and, you know, just save for one more turn. Or have that one centennial in your hand, and just, like, yeah, drop it, like, you know? Uh, yeah, I've gotten really good at Vanguard. Actually, my friend is a veteran Vanguard player, and, we, and we've played through Discord, just the like through the camera. And I was really uh, proud of when he said he was thoroughly impressed, impressed uh, by how well I was actually playing the game. And it's also because of the Switch game that I've just really started to make my own little strategies. Like I have, like I have terms for my own little plays, like uh, mm. uh, my signature play. That my friends here know of is the the second turn rush. It's such a such a detailed oriented play from me. And sometimes I just like playing like thinking outside of the box. Like just okay, Dragonic Overlord. He can restand if the attack hits. So usually if I attack the Vanguard with him, mm -hmm. uh, they'll go for a perfect guard, so the attack won't go through, and they'll just be a waste of an attack. Sometimes I'll just go, okay, I'll attack your rear guard, and they'll just be like, do I really want to? guard this and so i'm taking out a rear guard and then also i like kind of fucking with them because sometimes they're, they're gonna decide like because to restand overlord you have to discard two cards and you yeah. also get like you get two cards from your drive check but sometimes you'll wind up losing them i attacked this one time with overlord and i hit a critical trigger and a draw trigger and then he hit a defensive he hit his own like uh critical trigger in the damage check and then something else. And I looked at all the cards in his hand at the moment. So I decided when I hit the triggers, I put the power to the rear guard instead and decided mm -hmm. to not th uh, restand overload to keep the shield value in my hand because I knew I'm not going to be able to clutch this game out because I knew he was holding uh, a perfect guard in his hand. He was just allowing the overlord to get through, hoping I would discard my cards. And I was just like, I read you like a fucking book. <laughs> Bro, I actually started playing Vanguard just recently and I'm I'm very cheek because it's something different. And, and you're right. It's not like Yu-Gi-Oh! Like today's Yu-Gi-Oh! That you basically have to have either try to figure out how to break an unbreakable board or lay out a 20 negate board. Yeah, you know, it's and definitely it's definitely much more counter based and more strategic. Like you gotta think two steps ahead and see, like, all right, if I if I step this one out, will I will this help me out? And then depending on the triggers, how whether it's gonna ch it's a game changer or not. I I started to f play around more in the app, so that way I can actually learn more and get used to it. So that way, when I play in real life, I can actually like try to try to compete with others. You know, my favorite deck so far is the Link Jokers. Yeah, they're pretty fun. I I'd recommend checking out this guy called Different Fight. He actually uh plays the Switch game on his channel, and he has this whole mm. playthrough because the the mobile game is really kind of different from the actual yeah, no, game. It, it, it is different game because when I bought the when I bought some of the structured decks and I read the rules of, of it, it was kind of different from how the mobile game was, you know, because there were certain things that the mobile game does restrain you, but you are allowed to do it in the actual real life. So it's like, okay, that's that's good to know, you know, because because I would have pulled just the same way as the, as the mobile game, but I have to keep the rule book necessary and reread it again. So I'll Know that whenever I play against somebody, know like, all right, remember, it works like this. It doesn't work like that, you know? Yeah. What I also love about Vanguard is 
the accessories you can buy, you can buy these custom sleeves that are mm. still the card back, but made for specific clans. Like you can buy, they still look like the card fight Vanguard cards. They have that yeah. card back, but they're red or yellow. Or oh, I got to show you this. This is a, from a, a deck I'm trying to put together. Oh, oh. Usually the card back is like, like this. Right. But this is, I'm currently waiting for the rest of the deck to arrive because this is probably going to be my favorite deck ever. But I bought these. Go. This is Gear Chronicle. That looks beautiful. Like, I love these sleeves. They're so fucking cool. Damn. I should get some cool sleeves like that. I just basically got myself some, you know, regular sleeves to the cards because I have, I mean, the the new local shop that I go, they do Vanguard tournaments too. So it's like, all right, that's so I can try it out there. But I am like, I haven't fully invested it enough for me to play in real life that I just want to train myself a little bit and learn more and more until I can actually like feel comfortable enough. It's like, all right, I want to participate in some of these turns and play with, Link Jokers, you know? Yeah, the Link Joker trial deck is pretty good. You'd have to buff it a bit up. I can probably show you what, what cards to get to make it if you're going for the deleter build because I've, I played that deck thoroughly. Oh, I, I'll show you all the cards that I got because um, I the, the mainly because I, I played Link Joker is because it locks your opponent's, you know, rear, rear guards. So now when then it's their turn and you cannot use their rear guards to boost up your attack, this is like, so what are you going to do now? I just basically lock your entire rear guard. How are you gonna? How are you gonna play? I also, uh, my friend who lived in Japan, he got back to Iceland recently. I actually met him in the car shop when we played Vanguard. He's trying to get into it. Yeah, he actually gave me this. This is a a Japanese Dark Rebellion. Ooh, that looks beautiful. Yeah, it's my favorite Xyz monster. So that was kind of a nice gift. Uh, I have one more thing I want to show you because yeah, because what I like also about Vanguard is the uh, artwork because like the new yeah. standard. Like the new, the new standard game also rebooted a lot of their old cards, like, and they put the original artwork on some of them. And I had to get my hands on one of those, and I actually have one here. Oh yeah, and also I also bought myself these for Kagero, like foil triggers. Oh, that's dope. It adds a, a bit of a flair when you actually hit them. Yeah, another thing why I actually got into Vanguard, the artwork is just beautiful. Like this is just like re like really, 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 really top notch artwork stuff. Like look at these two. I mean, if you could see. Oh wait, hold on. I'm showing it on this camera now. Like one with the scythe and one with the sword, and it's like, oh my god, what? How do you come up with this stuff? You know, it's so, so yeah. beautiful. So for Kagero, you have your overlord with yeah. the new artwork my god i'm running two of these because you can run four i i have four dragonic overlords i have two of this artwork and then two of the others of your og man that looks amazing yeah it's such a fucking beautiful yeah. card and i also have i forgot before i go i also say that um the beauty about these vanguard cards is that when they do the same card with a, an alternative artwork, the effects are different or better. I noticed that a lot in some of the cards because I always try to look for the same card and I'm like, huh, why is this so expensive and this card is cheap? Like, And then I put both of them together. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The attack power is different and the effects are different, but it's the same card, but an alternative art. That's yeah. wild. And, and I find it fascinating. It's like, I wish some of these 
alternate arts can change the effects and the attack of you know the cards you know on Yu-Gi-Oh in, in a way I also love the dimensional robos yeah dimension police yeah those robos I love it bro they they look they look so Gundam-esque like like they even got the feature of the face bro that that fascinates me a lot because that deck just looks like a big pile of Transformers and Gundams all together ready to fight bro that's the whole reason why I bought these two, you know, to, to practice each other out, you know. Link Jokers, obviously, so I can lock my opponent out. And the Robos is more because, you know, I like that the artwork is just like, looks like a Gundam. Like, I want to own a Gundam. I mean, that's another reason why I fell in love with Zeus and Drytron and Orzartix. They all look Gundam-based monsters. They all look like Gundams. That's like one of my favorite TV shows. Yeah. And like I said, what I love about Vanguard is the element of surprise. Like, I love mm. being on my toes constantly. Yes. Uh, and I actually had a match with my friend, uh, Mekai. He was playing Aqua Force and I was playing Grand Blue. Oh. And during my last turn, so much on the edge of our seats that when I did my, when I did the drive check, he did a, he only did a one to pass. He took a huge fucking gamble on it. It was just like, and we, I flipped the first one, no trigger. And I was just like, and then it didn't. And he barely survived the next turn, but I knew I was going to lose on the next turn. Oh, but no. after that, when the match was over, we both just leaned back in our chairs and we were just like, <laughs> our hearts were pounding. Yeah, that's and I haven't gotten that feeling from Yu-Gi-Oh for so long. I miss, I miss mm. the rush. Yeah, because now it's just more about, let's see, it's all about dice roll and try to break my board. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember who said it. I, maybe it was MBT or maybe it was Zemo or mm -hmm. someone. But if it was just like modern Yu-Gi-Oh! is basically like playing golf. It's about playing the game the least. Yeah, basically. Basically. It, it's it's wild how, how, how crazy it has evolved from what it was back then into what it is right now, you know? And I don't see... I don't... I feel like people who, who want to try to play the, the card game now, they'll feel a little bit spooked. They'll be like, what the hell is this? And I feel like they will rather go play Pokemon or or Vanguard at that point because at least they're it's much more straightforward and you know it's a turn-based gaming, you know? I didn't know that Pokemon was a turn-based gaming too. Like, you know, you do your fin your turn. You can't do anything on your opponent's turn. You just have to wait until he does his fin and then you just battle each other out so yeah, i think I, I think that's why i prefer vanguard over pokemon because mm -hmm. even though in vanguard you get your own turn but you still get to guard stuff like when the opponent's yeah. doing his shit i was just like okay i can still try to survive this turn but during pokemon you literally just have to watch as your opponent runs over you yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with, with Yu-Gi-Oh. like i mean if you don't have the hand traps you just basically wait until your opponent runs you over like it's like it was nothing you know yeah, but Vanguard, I I like Vanguard. I really am intrigued because of the artwork and how it how the playstyle it is. Like you know, it's it's never like oh it's over in this turn. Like no, you can still survive this turn. Yeah. So and then and then once you survive, you're like yes, all right, let's go. Let's let's try to finish this game right now. Like adrenaline yeah, kicks in and and just like go full full throttle on it. Yeah, and I also like uh, how damage is used as a resource, you know, the counter blast. So sometimes yeah. you strategically have to take damage in order to do stuff. And sometimes that can even pay off. Like, I was at four damage the other day and you can only take six. And my friend was playing 
Aqua Force, and he that's an Excel deck. So he just had a full board, and I was just like I was trying to calculate what what to guard. And he attacked with a first one. He attacked with a bigger number, which is really smart. He attacked mm. with one of the biggest numbers first to force me to guard. But he was trying to force me to guard, and I just said. I thought I looked at my hand in his field, and I was just like, "If I take this, and my if my damage check is a trigger, I'll I can one hundred percent survive this turn." So I just I just went for it. I was just like, "No guard," and I hit a draw trigger. So I was just like, "Oh, it paid off." Just I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. (laughs) That's wild, bro. See, and also since it was a draw trigger, I could draw an extra card. So now my shield value increased. See. See, that's one of the cool things about Vanguard, man. You know, I wish that some of that stuff can be applied to Yu-Gi-Oh again and just not not do all this crazy shenanigans just to have a, a stupid-ass board and make sure your opponent doesn't play or you don't play, you know? Like, it's no fun. It's not It's not fun. Like, I wish Yu-Gi-Oh could be much more, much more fun than it, than it is competitive. I feel like, I think... I think this is my opinion. I think it started to die out when hand charts began to rise. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. As soon as as soon as it got to that level, it got too disruptive. And also, like I thought it was so unfair at first because like Ash Blossom was such an expensive card. Like if mm. you couldn't buy it, you were like fucked. Yeah, basically. And then then you got other cards like the DD Crows. The infinite impermanence, and those were expensive. Yeah. I mean, they still are for twenty. The lowest you can get is a twenty dollar card, and then the highest is seventy. Like some of yeah. these stables and hand traps, I feel like hand traps itself ruined Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I feel like you can still play Yu-Gi-Oh without the hand traps. If you eliminate the hand trap portion of of the game, I think you can. You know, Yu-Gi-Oh could be a little bit much more healthier because now you don't. Now you can just. Instead of running free of this, free of this, free of this, free of this, because you know you're going to get negated on one of them by a hand trap, you can just play like twos and one, one offs, you know, and just play every card that you want to play, you know, and just have it, you know, like, let's go at it. Let's go at it. Yeah. I also think like, I, I don't think there's anything more annoying in UK. Like when you go second and your opponent has built like this ginormous board that, that's just going to negate like four of your plays and you have to like, you're thinking, you're thinking, and then you, you just go, um... Fine, I'll play uh, the emergency call, and he drops an ash, and it was, it was just like, "Wow, that's another disruption." Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, bro. That and probably that and probably broken ass cards that should have never existed to begin with. Now the power creep is real, man. It, the thing about printing broken cards is now you have to print something that can Top beat it. That. And, yeah, and then you have to tap that one, and then so on and so on, and they just. Cards do too much today. Yeah, like it's like like what just like look at look at Vion. That's a simple hero card, but when it's normal special, it dumps a hero from the deck to the grave. And you can use it to banish a hero to add a polymerization. Like, and that's just to me, that's not doing way too much, but that's just the fucking start. That's just the start. Look at miscellaneous. Have you read miscellaneous? No, I, I don't have to read that card. <laughs> yeah. It's just it just simply just all right, I Dump this into my graveyard. All dinos are protected. Oh, banish this card and then special summon a dino. Like, all, it's already a combo starter. 
Mm-hmm. What was the what was the recent card that just got out? There was a card that was complaining not too long ago. Oh, I was complaining to the to one of the server guys from Simo server. Um, what's his name? Moto. I was just like got annoyed about it. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, Mermaid is not a toxic card. I'm like, Nightmare Mermaid is not a toxic card. It's like, yeah, it's not broken. Like it could be I'm I'm banned. I'm like, bro. <laughs> Bro, I was the only one going back and forth with him. I was surprised that nobody jumped in. I was like, dude, do you have any idea why this card is banned? Like, oh, wow. Like, it can do a, a free et- a special summon. You have to link off by a link monster. Like, you know, it does. Like, it's so many stuff that you can't do any. Like, you can stop. It. And I was like, wait, wait, what? Bro. Nightmare Mermaid was the reason why Ur- Orcus was one of the best in the format. Yeah, it's also that I don't think there's a good defense. It's, it's just that no, it's not too broken if it can't be stopped. Well, every card can be stopped. It doesn't mean it's not broken. It's like I can stop Red Eyes Dragoon. Yeah. But that does not mean the card is not, not fucking bro- busted. I can stop Winda. I can have Winda out, but it doesn't mean that Winda is not broken. Like it's a stupid card. <laughs> VFD, it doesn't mean like I can just kaiju VFD, but that doesn't mean that its effect is still no longer there. Like it's it's linger if it continues on. Impern yeah. or what or droplets, <clears throat> whatever you can think of to, for VFD. Like, like it's again, it's these toxic cards. Yeah. That that's like saying that's like saying pot of greed can come back because you can ash it. Oh yeah, let's have pot of greed for free. <laughs> Oh, imagine how that shit would just go rampant. Think. <laughs> think. Think, Mark. Think. I, sw- I swear to you, I was literally, uh, I was just ready to cuss him out. I was ready to cuss him out because like, at one point, it's like, all right, let's, let me keep it civil. Let's, let me keep it civil. Attack Simo. Ask Simo. He was an orchestra player as well for that format. He can tell you how stupid and broken Nightmare Mermaid is and why it should continue to be there because unban that card I guarantee you Orcus will come back and if it's not Orcus any other card will abuse it because bro any Nightmare card from your deck you can special summon it you're telling me that I can just have Ibli and Orcus Nightmare on the field bro just having Ibli itself means you can no longer special summon monsters only link monsters and you're telling me it's not broken. Like it would it's not a toxic card. And like in today's world, it's not gonna be toxic card. And especially with uh, all the stuff they newly made just to make Orcus like kind of playable again, which means that if Mermaid comes back, those cards will just get infinitely better. And in an insane um, and an insane amount of you know what? What am I talking, bro? What am I talking about? Just unbanned like, Colossus. Just limit yeah, Colossus. Like- like think about it. If if Mermaid comes back, that means that Gearsu, the Orcus Nightmare, is gonna be like the level four card. Yeah. Yeah. So if Nightmare Mermaid comes back, Gearsu has to go because that card is a one card, like it summons itself, it creates a token. So you could go into Phoenix, then go into Mermaid, and it would just be a one card and it, it would be like Armageddon Knight all over again. And I I'm I'm not up for that shit. Yeah. And and that's just, you know, that's its normal effect on Gear So If you use its mech knight effect, it automatically becomes a tuner. Yeah. So you can if you all you need is one danger Mothman of your hand to have it on your field, 
tuning in to Savage Dragon or yeah, hockey, fi hockey Fibrates shenanigans. Why not? See, see, this is why modern Yu-Gi-Oh gives me a headache. We've been we've been talking about like 15 different strategies that can pop up from one card. For one toxic card. It's just like, this is not the game I fell in love with. <laughs> no, no, bro. I Again, I came back from because I, I had the nostalgic factor hit me when I what, used to watch the original Dual Monsters and GX and a little bit of IDs. And when I came back, I started watching Vrains. Uh, I know the stories of Zetzel and Arc 5 through, through the Switch game. I mean, for whatever it was told. So, like, I, I got a resume out of it. So, I understand more or less of the characters and fight these two. And, yeah, like, the game, like, today's game is just, like, I feel like eliminate all hand traps. Maybe it maybe it'll be much more fun, playable, or maybe have this is just me talking shit at this point, you know, like I maybe have cards that doesn't enable you 10, 10, 20 steps to give you an insane amount of board. Yeah, it's just like what if they do what, what Vanguard did? They just reboot the game. Like that's what they did. They rebooted the game, but you can still play in the old formats. They still do premium tournaments and they do standard and stuff like that. And I really admire that. I wish they would do something similar to Yu-Gi-Oh. Just just reboot this shit, man. I feel it needs a, a good soft reboot. Like give me a, a format that you, we don't have to deal with this shit, you know? Just re just reboot it. Just let's start over again. And and if you look at it at a business point, like if you do that, people will get involved with it and people will fuck with it even more. And they'll be like, let's buy it. Because at the end of the day, people are still going to buy cards. People are still going to spend money on the cards. So if you reboot it and give it to a format, then, you know. And I love about Vanguard that it has like various formats that you get to choose which one format you want to play, right? Yeah, just play within your comfort zone. So you can play the old format, the the intertwined format which is like both old and new and then you can play just the new right yeah so it's usually it's premium and standard standard right. is what's currently going on and premium is all cards are allowed okay see see that's actually fun that's actually fun because again you can do so much with one or the other like if you don't want to play all the cards then just play the recent ones yeah. just play recent and that's it yeah and what i like about that is like this is a V series deck right here. Mm -hmm. There's nothing stopping me from going to a premium tournament with just this. Oh, interesting. So you that's could... all cards allowed. So I could just go to a premium tournament with this. I'd probably I'd probably get my ass beat, but at least I could play with the cards that I'm comfortable with. Right. And even what I like about Vanguard is like you can have a really, really good deck, but you can still lose to a trial deck if the player's good enough and luck factors into it. But mm -hmm. there's no like there's not the scaling, the ceiling is not too high. It's just like, right. is it usually more of a like? Is it is it more like of a die roll dice? Mm, not or, really. Or like, very more luck. Like if you got the if you got the right well, cards a, at the right time. Yeah. Well, there's always a little luck, but I feel like even like if you're skilled enough, you can play. If you're skilled enough and you know, and you know what your opponent is playing and you know what to guard and when, you can pretty much like play through any game like i like i only have the link joker trial deck i don't have any extra cards but i still use the trial deck against my friends who like have updated their decks really well and i sometimes beat them with the trial deck because i know what i'm doing right so that's that's fun i'm looking forward to play more of the vanguards honestly man i really am because now that you you said that you're into it like oh now i'm gonna get into it as well 
And we can definitely play around in, in Discord, man, and where we whenever we get chances about it, man. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. So now you got me all hooked about it, bro. Now I just need to buy the playmat to so that way I know where to guide myself. Because I I like buying playmats and I like, you know, to know where where I, all the stuff I is supposed to be, you know. Yeah. Well, my man. I'm about to wrap this up, man. It was an interesting conversation. We're making a two series episode with this. <laughs> so thank you very much for coming into my show, bro. Once more. And yeah, I can't wait. Me back. And I can't wait to hear more about your show when it's, you know, when it's much more right there for the mid season and how it goes, man. I, I definitely want to talk about more when it, when it's, you know, when you're done finishing all the episodes at the series, and then we can talk some more about that type of stuff and talk more. Oh, and probably, oh yeah, ne- definitely. probably next time when we talk, bro, we'll probably, you know, talk about a little bit more about Vanguards, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm all, all for that. I'm all for it, bro. So thank you very much for coming in, brother. Like plug yourself out before you, uh, before we wrap it up. You got any social medias, like anybody that wants to follow you and interested to see your work? Uh, they can just probably follow me on Instagram. I don't, I don't do a lot of like stuff I'm working on. It's just stuff from my daily life. Mm. Um, other than that, <laughs> well, I would, I have a YouTube channel, but my short films are all in Icelandic and they don't have subtitles <laughs> yet. 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 So. I'm still waiting for those. I'm still waiting for those, you know, but I definitely want to yeah. see all, all of your work. Just send me, I mean, can I see them? If you send me a link, can I see that on my own? Yeah, you can see the short films. But I just like won't I said, understand what it's... Okay, all right. But I think like uh, uh, probably through visual storytelling, you can pro- probably follow what's going on. But I'm very, I'm very visual. Like, like I can understand what's going on visually without saying. I could just like uh, fill up the the pieces, you know, fill up the blanks. There's a there's a lot of that in the 40 minute film I made. There's a lot of you know that like I've watched it without audio just when I was editing it, and I was just like I can still kind of keep track of what's going on here. You know, it's cool. The Quiet Place is actually very very intriguing because it's all no dialogues and it's just visually see what's happening and that's how it gets you. Have you watched the second one or not yet? Uh, not yet. I'm I'm gonna try to catch it soon, but. I think the next film I'm going to see in theaters is uh, the new film from M. Night Shyamalan. It comes next month. Old. Yeah. That, that, one, that one looks like, okay, I think M. Night is coming back with this one. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Shyamalan, even though he's made he, he's made a bunch of bad movies, but his really good ones are fucking amazing. Yeah. Science is next level shit. Um, yeah, like Unbreakable is Unbreakable. one of my favorite films of all time, so... Sixth Sense is actually pretty great as well. Classic. That's it. After I think after Signs is like I haven't remember any other good M Night Shamanals because I I set the he set the bar high. After Signs, he set the bar high. Did you see Split? Uh no, I did not see Split. But sounds pretty good. Now I've now that you mention it, I did it has mentioned to me that you know Split is actually no, pretty good for for what it was, you know, to be part of the Unbreakable ser- uh, saga, you know, or universe, Unbreakable universe. So, I mean, have you seen Servant, that one that's in Apple, uh, Apple Plus? No, oh, I get to check them out. I have I, I've seen <clears> the <throat> trailers. It looks intriguing, but I don't know if it's going to be like that good, like in the trailers, you know, trailers sometimes well, fool me. Well, I'm, I'm excited for the new one. I don't know why, but he, he's just a fascinating filmmaker to me because uh, every time he makes a movie, you know it's going to be talked about. 
Yeah. <laughs> because it's either going to be really good or really bad. M Night, bro. Like he knows he knows how to do his fame, bro. Gotta respect that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the few er, directors, you know, has a great passion um, with horrors and and sci-fi and other crazy other shit that you would ne- normally would not expect, you know. So old is the like the next movie that I'm like, okay, M Night, you got me, you got me. I got I got intrigued by the trailer itself. So now I'm curious to watch how this shit unfolds, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's very crazy. So, yeah, Ali, thank you very much for coming in, man. I can't wait to see you on the next one. And thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And, of course, the YouTube channel at LoneWolfPod.com. That's LoneWolfPod.com. Dot com all together okay guys comment down below let me hear your thoughts share your experience if you guys got a certain topic that you want to discuss and you want me let me know or want ollie to know and we can probably bring this up on the next time that he comes over please let us know in the comments down below and hit the notification bell for more weekly episodes and thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one Oops.